Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, was it the Pythagorean theorem? The Pythagorean theorem says that the Red Giants offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that the Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. And we are your hosts on this edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. And this is a show I'm excited about because there are so many different talking points and angles and rumors and smoke screens going on with the NFL draft and what we think is going to happen in a couple of weeks. And Kyle and I are going to dig into all of the good stuff here on the show today. Kyle, welcome. We back. We are back, ready to dig into some hypotheticals today. It's going to be a good show. We're less than two weeks away. I've had coffee. (laughs) Life is good. I'm ready. You know, what do you, what's the this determining factor for you? Because sometimes you're drinking whiskey, sometimes you're drinking coffee. We usually record in the evenings. Like, how do, what, what's, the, what's the determining factor on that for you? Listen, Joe, um, <laughs> we're going to be on camera in a little less than two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've been putting my best foot forward to make sure I am ready for the camera. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of water. Whoa. So much so that this is this is Friday night, mind you, my fourth cup of coffee for the entire week. 
Well, congratulations, yes, Kyle. This, um, this is a struggle. Water. Wow. Yeah, Kyle is anti-water for the people that it's because water is boring. But this is the price we pay for beach season, right? Camera season. I got to make sure I'm looking my best. I'm very vain in that way. So I've been working out, doing a lot of cardio, taking some supplements. Shane Alexander would be real proud right now. Pour one out for Shane Alexander. Pour one out for Shane, old friend of the show. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a lot more water and much less coffee and mixed drinks over the course of the last two or three weeks. All right. Well, good for Kyle and his uh, his his health there. I like to hear that. Uh, Kyle, let's get into the stuff. I got a lot of different angles, a lot of different things in my mind. I know you do as well. And so let's get into some of these hypotheticals, some what ifs, some scenarios. And uh, I'll, I'll start it off with this. The only thing that I feel, okay, not the only thing. The thing that I feel best about when I look at the landscape of the NFL draft right now is that Baker Mayfield's going to the Jets at number three. You agree with that or not? I think that's fair. I certainly think that's fair, and that's a heartbreaker, isn't it? Yeah, it kills me. Yeah. I mean, the the only scenario is a team trading up with New York to get in front of them, and I don't know who's going to give up what's needed to get up to two to to make that move for Baker Mayfield. Um, So in all likelihood, you know, that seems like one of the, the more confident, you know, I'm still very confident in Sam Darnold to one to Cleveland. I feel equally confident in both of those picks as it stands right now um, that we will get quarterbacks at one and three. They will be Sam Darnold and they will be Baker Mayfield. I feel better about Mayfield to the Jets. I just think it's perfect. Jeremy Bates, West Coast system. He's a splash for the Big Apple. Uh, Baker's going to do well and it's going to be annoying as hell. Uh, because there's nothing that's going to stop me from rooting for Baker Mayfield in the NFL, and um, even he's the Jets, yeah, even the Jets, even the Jets. Even the Jets, Kyle. Which gets us to number one here. And you mentioned that Sam Darnold's still the guy that you feel you know is is the guy for Cleveland, and I, I agree with you. But there's been this shift, right? That Josh Allen is suddenly in play, and we've seen uh, Vegas, you know, now favors Allen to go number one Do over they Darnold. Really? Yeah, they do. Oh, Kyle. my Came goodness. Out. Dude, Vegas is so dumb when it comes to the draft, though. You can, Well, then we need to make a bunch of money off Let's of it. But go. even I, even I did it, Kyle, in my mock draft on Thursday for NDTscouting.com. Uh, I put Allen number one, mostly because I wanted to present that scenario and what I think it could do, right. you know, could do to the landscape of the draft. But, you know, I, I don't think that it's something we can dismiss. And I, I think it would be a crazy mistake. But Josh Allen, number one, Cleveland Browns, what if? Yeah, that would certainly send some some shockwaves through because the vast majority of mock drafts that have been taking place since January have had Cleveland going Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. So to go a different direction and suddenly Darnold's in the player pool for both the New York teams, what what reverberations that may echo all the way down through the top half of the draft? Teams like Arizona, um, Buffalo, Miami, these teams all impacted the, with them potentially being looking and interested to trade up in the first round. So uh, definitely a very interesting hypothetical. Joe, my question for you is what does Cleveland, this is a what if scenario that I'm interested to pick your brain on moving down to number two. If the giants, what if the giants take Bradley Chubb at number two, what does that do to the Cleveland Browns decision at number four? Does that make them the likely team 
to trade out of this spot if Chubb's Chubb's their guy, right? Yeah, I I think 100% the the Cleveland Browns want Sam Darnold at one. They want Bradley Chubb at number four. John Dorsey wants that pass-rushing trio of of Agba, Garrett, and and Chubb, and, and I think that's his dream scenario. However, that is going to be a problem if the Giants take Chubb at number two, and I think that there is a strong possibility that mm-hmm. that is the case. If Chubb is not on the board at number four, I think there is a very probable chance that that is a trade-out spot, and you see a team like Buffalo, Arizona, I guess Miami, as a team that's going to look to move up and get the quarterback that's left which will be two, right? In our scenario, we think it'll be Josh Allen, and we think it'll be Josh Rosen. So both of the Joshes available. And so uh, I, I suddenly think that Cleveland is going to be fielding offers, and they'll take one because I don't know that they want to pick any other player at four besides Bradley Chubb. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, you know, Dorsey's history with running backs does not lend itself favorably to mm-hmm. Barkley being the, the choice there at number four. And I think yeah, it's 27. Yeah, interesting. Some some folks in Cleveland media, like big names in Cleveland media, still think Saquon Barkley has a chance to go one. Based on the mentions that I had the other day, some people referencing reports from prominent folks in Cleveland media that, that are pointing to, don't count Saquon Barkley out for first overall. And I said, I will bet you my house Saquon Barkley is not the pick at number one. I'll bet you in my house he's not the pick at number one or number four. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Let's put some mortgages on the some pink slips on the line. <laughs> well, wait. I thought it just meant the mortgage. I'm still going to stay in my house. You just got. <laughs> you just got to pay it. You just got to pay for it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be a a Cleveland Brown at one or four. Yeah, you know I don't. If something else happens after that, I, then that is a possibility. But I just I just don't see that as something uh, that that will happen. Kyle, Denver Broncos number five. I don't think it's a quarterback spot. I think that John Elway is more committed to Case Keenum than anybody wants to believe. And I don't think that they're a team that takes a quarterback at number five. I think that this is a Quentin Nelson spot all day long. Yeah, this is um, one of the folks that, helped me through some of my picks last year in my mock draft and and was correct on a number of picks, uh, directed me to Quinton Nelson at number five and said this is very, very likely to materialize. Um, So I don't see a lot of competition for Quinton Nelson in the top four. So it really feels like Denver's going to have the opportunity to land their guy, which gives us a really interesting scenario. Say the Giants do take Bradley Chubb. You've got Sam Darnold, Bradley Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen at four to either Arizona or Buffalo, Quentin Nelson at five. So now you have Josh Rosen and Saquon Barkley on the board with the sixth pick. Indianapolis is another team who's already traded back once. Do they bump back five slots and let Miami jump up for a guy who they're reportedly very enamored with? This has been a strong push over the last week or so in Miami media saying that Miami really loves Baker Mayfield, but they also really love Josh Rosen. Interesting proposition and only five spots, you know, or, or maybe Indianapolis stays put 
and they take Saquon Barkley. Now you got Tampa Bay, Chicago. Both of those teams, I don't see any reason why either one of those teams wouldn't be receptive to trading back a couple spots. Well, obviously, Chicago's going to worry about San Francisco if they want to take a linebacker. But for Tampa Bay, Bradley Chubb's off the board. Quentin Nelson's off the board. Saquon Barkley's off the board. Who else are they interested in? Minka or, or Derwin? Tampa Bay, potential to, to trade back a couple spots. Chicago, potential to trade back a couple spots. I think if that top five goes the way we think and Quentin Nelson comes off the board at five, you almost hit reset on the draft, right? Yep. And there's this whole new sense of urgency where, okay, the quarterbacks are out of the way now. Let's go find our guy here in the back half of the top ten. And I think there's two interesting counterpoints on that or, or talking points to build off of. Is is one, you know, I – is Josh Allen really the quarterback that somebody's going to trade up to four for? I mean, really, is it? Are they going? To, is, is Buffalo going to like Allen in an Earhart Perkins offense over Rosen? Uh, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, especially as intentional as it appears to be. Buffalo, you know, has thrusted their their. Uh, they're like for Josh Allen on people. Like it seems very intentional. Like I just don't get that impression that Buffalo is the type of team that would be that intentional with making known who they'd like and why they would like him. And I'm not, I, you know, look, I'm trying to remove the fan goggles here. I get that. Like, and maybe some people are listening to me right now and saying, Oh, Joe, you're showing your bills bias. But like, I just have a hard time believing it's true that, they would go that way. Maybe I'm just trying to see the bright side. The other thing that I want to say here, uh, and building out of this, is is the Miami angle, where we keep on hearing them that they like, you know, Baker Mayfield, that they like Josh Rosen. Like, is are we just that dismissive of Ryan Tannehill? Like, he had his best season with Gase. You know, he he's had three good seasons in a row. He had an ACL tear. He's you know, is. Should we be writing him off? I mean, is is Miami really a team that needs to give up stuff to go get a quarterback? I, it's, it's weird to me, Kyle. Well, I think that's why it's it's really intriguing that we're talking about him potentially Rosen still being on the board here in the um, back half of the top ten. That was considered blasphemy not too long ago. Yeah. And Miami picking 11, that's not that far to go. You know, you can – you can give a day two pick, a day two pick next year, and at least make a team think about it. So the downsides to Tannehill, Tannehill's going to be 30 uh-huh. this season, missed the last 20 games Miami's played, and is facing salary cap hits of $26 million in 2019 and $25 million in 2020. And the team has a potential out with notable dead cap uh, if they were to part ways with Tannehill after 2018. Uh, that cap commitment goes from $51 million to $13 million. It's financial. And you think Miami, you buying this? You're buying this that Miami is that willing and eager to move on from Ryan Tannehill? Dude, they, they have not been married to anybody down there. That's true. They, That's true. They've cut their losses with their best offensive playmakers in JHI and Jarvis Landry and gave Jarvis up for peanuts yep. because they They're didn't want to pay him. 
They cut Indonikin Sue, one of the three best defensive tackles in football. You mean to tell me they're going to keep a 12 to 15 overall quarterback in the league? You're, if we're on around the money? board, you get a lot of points. A lot of points Holy adding up. Cow. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's it's. I need to be more serious about. It. I really do. Because I've been dismissive. I'm like, you know, it seems like Gase and Tannehill had this thing going. 67% completion, 93.5 passer rating in 2016. Um, you know, I get it. He's older. Uh, coming yeah, off the yeah, ACL calling there. him old now. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, so it's like, you know, it, it's just it seemed a little wild to me, but I guess I need to be a little bit more serious about it, Kyle. I mean, yeah, uh, I, mean I still don't think that's ultimately the way that it's going to fall. I still yeah. think that, that they will stick with Tannehill. That's what my gut tells me. But I would give it, you know, a one in four shot that if Rosen slides to to six or seven, that they'd be willing to, to part with a day two pick this year and probably 42. You know, give up 42 and next year's two to move up five spots and draft Rosen. I mean, it, it's it hurts, but you also hear the perception about this draft class where – the perception is if you're picking between 40 and 60, you're getting a comparable player. So Miami may be willing to move 42 and say, hey, we got 73. We can always reshuffle the deck, maybe move a player, get another day two pick, package them together, and move up if we got a guy we want. So, I mean, that, that historically is a very aggressive front office. And I think you look at, at those tendencies as well, and I think there's a decent chance that it happens. Kyle, I have a fact or fiction and a what-if package. In Let's one go. Let's go. I'm ready. Minka Fitzpatrick. Let's talk about Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, fact or fiction, Minka Fitzpatrick slides out of the top ten. <sighs> what if he does? How far does he slide? I mean, to me, this is preposterous. I think he's one of the best five players in the draft. And, and so it's crazy to think about him falling outside of the top ten. But when you really go through it, he might be the hardest person to peg, especially if – we're supposed to fill in, uh, you know, Mike McGlinchey. Derwin James is allegedly sliding in there. Mm-hmm. Got four quarterbacks to slot. Saquon, Quentin Nelson, Bradley Chubb. They, they can't all go in the top ten, Kyle. Right. Fact or fiction and the what if. Break it down for me. I'll take fact. I'll take fact that, that Minka slides out top ten because I think Derwin surpassed him, which is wild. Midseason, Derwin was overrated, and Minka was a consensus top ten player. Six months later, Derwin is the consensus top 10 player, and Minka's a little overrated because people think he's a slot. <laughs> this is just the, the narratives are crazy. But um, no, I know for a fact uh, Tampa Bay likes Derwin more than Minka based off of conversations that I've had. So I don't, I don't want to say as a fact, but based off of what I've been told, Tampa likes Derwin over Minka. Chicago doesn't need any safeties. San Francisco desperately needs a linebacker with the Reuben Foster things going down right now. Is Oakland taking a safety over an offensive tackle or a linebacker? No. With that roster? I just don't I don't see unless a team like Washington wants to get aggressive and go bump up. I think that's where you may see it. Or maybe if a team like Cleveland trades out to, to Buffalo at twelve. Mm-hmm. And then they decide, hey, you know, we've got thirty three, thirty five. If we're trading back from four to twelve, we're probably picking up sixty five already, or fifty six. And Cleveland has sixty four. You know, they are just loaded with day two picks. 
So I think if Cleveland bumps back, there's a reasonable chance that they bump back up and pinball here in the top 10, go from 4 to 12, maybe back up to 8 with Chicago. Or, you know, I mean, that that's really the spot if you wanted to try and peg a, peg a, a spot for a trade-up to get Minka Fitzpatrick and prevent him from dropping out here. Because I, I see the needs that Chicago, San Francisco, and Oakland have. And I don't see them being too willing to move. Maybe if Chicago really likes, like, Denzel Ward, they can bump back out. But I also know Cleveland likes Denzel Ward. So if Cleveland, Cleveland were to move and jump around here, that's another contender to go in that spot. So I'll take the fact that Minka's going to slide out of the top 10, which is wild. I think Washington's a, a big, big team to watch there at 13 or if they get aggressive. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Tidal Premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. I had uh, Minka falling to number 16 to Baltimore in my mock draft on Thursday. You know he's not getting past Ozzie Newsom. No, there's no way. <laughs> they don't need a safety, but he's not getting any further than that. And that's just such a Baltimore thing with Ozzie Newsom, just like somehow getting these types of talents just falling into their laps and then they turn in the card and you're like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, I, he doesn't get past 16, but, I mean, it's it's something that I, I guess we have to take seriously, make it falling outside of the top ten. I, I agree with you, Kyle, that I think it will happen. And, uh, yeah, Cleveland comes into play. Washington, I mean, even you look at Green Bay, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's a team that gave up a 102 passer rating against them last season, and they traded away Demarius Randall. I mean, they haven't really done anything to improve that secondary. And uh, I know they'd love to get Harold Landry, but man, like Inca Fitzpatrick's there. Like to me, he's going to be the best player on the board until somebody picks him. Like it's it's going to be it's going to be something right. I'm going to have a hard time personally digesting. You're going to have to bite your um, tongue on the draft stream. Yeah, I am. Well, if if Buffalo trades up and gives away assets for Josh Allen, I might be in, in the hospital. So, uh, <laughs> oh man, I'll be at the. My professionalism will be challenged in, in the biggest way possible. I can relate. <laughs> Charles Harris. Listen, at, no, 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 no. Listen, do you remember? Yeah, I do. Thursday last year. We were getting ready for the draft stream on draft night. And we're in the elevator. They say, who's the one guy your team could pick that would just ruin your night? And my answer was Charles Harris. And who did the Dolphins draft? Charles Harris. 19. 19 overall, Charles Harris. Speaking of 19 overall, Joe, I want to ask you a what if. Dallas cut Des Bryant 
late this past week. What do you feel about the possibility? Because if you look at 20, what's the, what's the blatant, obvious need for the Detroit Lions at 20? Defensive tackle, penetrating defensive tackle. What's a blatant, obvious need for the Atlanta Falcons? Penetrating defensive tackle. What's a blatant, obvious need for the Dallas Cowboys now that they've cut Des Bryant? Wide receiver. What do you feel about Atlanta dishing up in front of Detroit trading with Dallas? Yeah, I, I think I think Atlanta would love to get Taven Bryant. Yeah, and snatch snatch him right out of Detroit's clutches at nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a strong possibility. You know, the Florida connection with with Dan Quinn, and we know that they like to dip into that talent pool. And, and Taven Bryant's a guy that I mean, look at who's starting next to Grady Jarrett, man. Like it, that's a bad defensive line, and you yeah. know that's not what what Dan Quinn wants. And so. You know, I, I really think that's a strong possibility. And, and for, for Dallas, who, you know, let's be honest, they need the wide receiver, but they already needed guard. And so, you know, they'd love a Will Hernandez or uh, Billy Price or Isaiah Wynn, all of those players. You know, they still need, they need a defensive tackle, you know, somebody more stout like a Deron Payne. They need a linebacker, team. too. They need a linebacker. Yeah. So, uh, you know, look, I, I mean, Dallas can go so many different ways that if they have an opportunity to, to bounce back a little bit, and you know, stockpile some capital and, and be able to address some of these needs at other places in the draft. I think that would be a really, really smart decision. And you know, I don't think that we have to immediately put it in ink that they're going to go with the wide receiver. But you know, they have a lot of different directions they can go. And especially when I think about the offensive interior offensive line class this year, you know, I think that there's a maybe four or five guys that I feel really good about being starters. Yeah. But like the receivers, you know, I don't know that they're going to have a high value across the NFL on these wide receivers. And I'm not sure, like you couldn't still get a good receiver a little bit further down the board. You know, I mean, like that's what they're going to have to weigh in, in, you know, they're going to have to value those needs. And the, the Cowboys receiving core is not great, but it's not awful. Like, Alan Hearns was a big pickup for them. Ryan Switzer can play. Cole Beasley. I mean, Terrence Williams. It's not the worst receiving core. No, they don't have a prototypical X receiver. They need that. Cortland Sutton's a guy that can be that, but I don't know that you have to take him at 19, and I know that I don't know that we have to say they won't go guard or defensive tackle. Yeah, see, for me, Hearns was an excellent pickup because he was a massive upgrade over Terrence Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Terrence Williams still getting money, man. I am not a fan of him as a football player. And now that De- now that Dez is out of the picture there, now you've opened up the hole that you just closed on the other side of the formation. So for me, I would love to see Dallas take Cortland Sutton at 26. Or, you know, Calvin Ridley was, was kind of a name that, that's been drawn to that as well. But do they want the size? Because I look at a team like, Baltimore, and you know, I've done a couple spots with Baltimore in the past couple weeks, and you know, wide receiver obviously a need there. Can we take a moment and appreciate how bad that receiving group was last year? Mm. <laughs> their top, their top three receivers were Mike Wallace, led the team with I think like seven hundred and twenty yards. Benjamin Watson was the second leading receiver on the team, and I don't remember who their third leading receiver was, but he's also no longer with the team. Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin, that's right. And Macklin had like 440 yards. Yeah. yeah, he's been bad for three years in a row now. 
So Baltimore's three leading receivers last year were Jeremy Macklin, Ben Watson, and Mike Wallace. Oh my God. That is <laughs> that is horrible. So Baltimore, yes, they did go out and sign Michael Crabtree, John Michael Brown. Crabtree, Mike, uh, I was going to say Ryan Grant, and I, <laughs> I, had, to, I had to swallow the pill. Um, <laughs> glad to see Ryan Grant could could pass his physical for somebody else. Um, so they, I mean, they added two receivers there. There's no way they're done. And that team traditionally likes guys that can get vertical. I don't think Cortland Sutton's in play for Baltimore. I think Cortland Sutton would make much more sense for a team like Dallas. Yep, the I question, agree with the, that. The, the question is what linebacker is going to be there for Dallas at 19? I think the interior offensive linemen are going to be there, but I think the fact that there's more of them that teams feel comfortable with being pro-ready players right away I think is really going to mitigate their value. Supply and demand. How many reliable X receivers do you see in this class? How, yeah, many, reli- many. how many reliable starting linebackers? There's four. You're probably going to see three of them go in front of Dallas at 19. But you think Dallas can slide back a few spots and still get Sutton? So if you, basically, you, well, who's, you just who's really sold it up. Who's going to take him? Nope. Nobody's going to take him up. Cincinnati's but, not. Buffalo no. might. But well, Buffalo's got... Yeah. But Buffalo's got dire needs on the offensive line out of nowhere. Yeah. Buffalo's not picking that 22. You heard them. It's just not going to happen. New England does um, not draft wide receivers. And the only other two teams in front of them, if, if Dallas traded from 19 to 26, are Carolina and Tennessee. Uh, Carolina can use a receiver. They could, but they're apparently not interested in, in getting in on the Des Bryant sweet six. <laughs> he needs to go to San Francisco, but uh, we're not here to talk about that. Um, but you, I mean, what you just did, Kyle, you really made a strong case that Cortland Sutton would represent the most value to the Dallas Cowboys. And do you take any chance not get, you have a chance, he's on the board, he's on the clock right there at 19. How do you not do it? How do you not turn in that card? I mean, I would be fine turning in the card. But you also made the point to say Dallas has multiple needs. I hear you. And Dallas I agree with linebacker, myself. Wide receiver, interior offensive line, defensive tackle. So if you've got that many options, unless one of those players is head and shoulders above the rest, take the extra picks. Slide back. You're still going to fill a spot in your starting lineup. Well, Dallas has options. They will be an interesting team. Kyle, I want to get into two more quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph. I think, I, I, look, I, I, at least one, probably two are going in the first round. One thing that I've really come to grips with is that I think Lamar Jackson is going to be the Arizona Cardinals pick, and I, would I think it. about him, I think about him with Mike McCoy, and, and you look at Mike McCoy, he has elements of literally every passing offense that he's he's featured in his career as an offensive coordinator head coach, and being able to put him with Lamar Jackson and and Taylor. Tailor that offense to what he does well, which is something Mike McCoy has proven able to do. I think it would be perfect. Now they got to get that offensive line right, and so I think you let Sam Darnold or Sam Bradford be the sacrificial lamb for for a little while until you get that correct. You're paying him twenty million dollars, not not to hold the clipboard for Lamar Jackson, but 
I really think that that would give that organization some direction and some identity because you look at this Cardinals, and I know this Cardinals roster, and you and I and, and our staff at NDT have really debated this. We think they're right up there with the Colts for the worst roster in the league. Yeah, it's not good. You go to Lamar Jackson, and you you, you infuse that team. You, you you really you know you really give them some for lack of a better word, like swagger, like something, something. you know what I mean? Like, because this roster's so poor. And you know Larry Fitzgerald's not going to play forever. You got Hassan Reddick on defense, Patrick Peterson, but, like, the rest of this roster is just in shambles. And, and, and so for not only just because you need a premier talent like that, somebody to give yourself some type of identity, but also him with Mike McCoy, I've always been really high on him with, with uh, Anthony Lynn in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and I still agree with that. But I don't know that that's going to be a possibility because I think that Arizona should and will take him at 15. Yeah, those are two teams that I think the value is probably going to draw some attention for Lamar. Um, I agree with everything you said, you know. And the other the other player that I really liked for Arizona, Mike McGlinchey. Mm-hmm. Do we know if Mike McGlinchey is going to be there at 15? And he's going 10 to the Raiders. There you go. You said what I was trying to set you on the table for. So you yeah. you took the cheese there. You feel good. <laughs> at, you you feel good about that one. Yeah, I do. I, I it's not like Baker to the Jets at three type thing, yeah. but like I, I I just yeah I just get it. I'm mean, Donald Penn's thirty five. Vidal Alexander's the right tackle, brother. Vidal yeah. Alexander, you might as well get me in shape to play on the right side. <laughs> I've seen your pass set. It looks pretty good. <laughs> Probably better than Vidal Alexander's. I, I need. I mean, I need. I need some time in the weight room, you know. But what I'm trying to say is that that is that is an awful tackle tandem. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And Oakland has the ability to set the market with the offensive tackles, right? Their yep. next pick comes yep. around at 41. Yep. I like my chances better getting a a quality linebacker or or corner or whatever else on the defensive side of the football at 41 than I do an offensive tackle that I'm going to be able to start. So, and McGlinchey's, he's ambidextrous, played both sides in his yep. college career. Yep. So there's there's added value there. So uh, I do agree with you, and the reason why I was not too keen on Lamar to Arizona is because I thought Mike McGlinchey would be a home run there. You know, DJ Humphreys hasn't really materialized he looked good this year, but was hurt. Has had issues staying consistently on the field. You know they do need to protect Sam Bradford. Jared Valdir is no longer there. But if McGlinchey goes ten to Oakland, then yeah, you might as well take take advantage of the opportunity to get a really dynamic player that you know has the natural arm ability and playmaking ability to really make an impact on a roster and, and be a long term fixture for your team. So so I do agree with you that Lamar in that space to Arizona, I like it. The other quarterback I wanted to bring up, Kyle, is Mason Rudolph. And I have two more talking points I want to get into. So I got, this is, uh, I got a lot on my mind tonight. <laughs> Mason Rudolph, quarterback that we think has a chance to go in the first round. Oh, this is weird nonsense. Well, I do. I think he does. And, and well, I think that we have unique perspectives as to where he can go, and, and so I want you to give it, you to have a chance to talk about sure, know, sure. some of your ideas. But I think that he's a player that Bill Belichick would like a ton, and you know we seem to think that he wants to cement his legacy by making sure there's a quarterback of the future in place for the years after Belichick and Brady. 
Mason Rudolph's a guy that he would seem to gravitate towards. I think that he's in play for one of those Patriots picks. I've heard people say defense. Obviously, Colton Miller is a player that we see rumored to be a Patriots target. You don't think there's any chance he'd take a wide receiver. But I think that we could see Mason Rudolph go to New England. But I know that you have some ideas that I like as well for him. Yeah, so Mason, I think if he does go in the first round, shame on you. But second of all, I think the likely destination would be a team like the New York Giants. Picking 34th. Want that extra fifth-year option on a rookie contract. Get an extra year for a guy that you potentially want to set up to be your starting quarterback on a cheap economic economic deal. Giants picking 34. You know, maybe they look at the the way that this landscape falls here at the back end of the, the first round, and they say, okay, New England's a landmine. Jacksonville's a landmine. Pittsburgh's a landmine. Pittsburgh's done their due diligence on Mason Rudolph. New Orleans needs a quarterback. I don't necessarily know if if Mason Rudolph's the greatest fit there, but I see several teams that need long-term answers at quarterbacks with aging veterans from 27 through 31. Can they coax one of these teams? Carolina, Tennessee, to, to jump out six, eight spots, go up, get a guy on the back end. He's the last viable, quote-unquote, potential franchise quarterback in the draft class. If if five go in the top 15, you know, Giant, Giants making that decision that they would rather have a blue-chip defensive player and Mason Rudolph versus one of the top-tier quarterbacks and what they perceive the rest of the field to look like at every other position at 34. So the Giants are playing the the economics right now. They'd rather have package A and get X and Y than take package B and get Z and A. And that opportunity to have that extra year of control uh, is appealing, obviously. You know, especially when you see what quarterbacks are making when they hit the open market right now. So the opportunity to keep guys locked down on team-friendly deals is huge. Uh, I think the Giants like Mason Rudolph a lot. And so if if he's available at 42, I think he's an obvious – or 30, excuse me. No, what are they thinking Don't scare me like that. No, 34, 32. 34, 34. I meant to say 34. When they pick again, a 34 uh, dolphins pick 42. You just care to live in daylights out. <laughs> He's in play. And, uh, if not a trade back up potential, um, Kyle, the, the new Orleans saints pick 27. I do a weekly radio spot for a station in new Orleans. Uh, and so I, I talk saints a lot. And so I have to keep up with them for that. You know, we keep hearing, Every mock draft I see has them taking a tight end. Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goder. The New Orleans Saints have drafted one tight end since 2003. 15 years worth of drafts. They've drafted one tight end. Jimmy Graham, third round, 2010. They gave big money to Kobe Fleener. They just brought in Ben Watson. Kobe Fleener's been a big disappointment. I just don't think they're going to go with the tight end. I think they've got to get... First of all, I'd love to see them get another lockdown corner opposite of, of uh, Marshawn Lattimore. If you got a chance to get 
Jair Alexander right there, I, I think that's such an easy decision. Um, I also wouldn't hate them going with a defensive end. You know, somebody opposite of Cam Jordan to be that guy, op, you know, opposite. And I'm not sure what the value is going to be at 27. But I literally think that taking Hayden Hurst in the first round or waiting and getting Mike Kosicki or Dallas Goder or Mark Andrews or one of those tight ends later would be such a better idea than just going with Hayden Hurst at 27. That doesn't mean I don't like Hayden Hurst. But I think that would be a, a poor ma- poor management of value and uh, how your team, you know, how that player can impact your team. You with me? What do you think? I think I think the, the Saints have an opportunity to put themselves over the top here. They hit a home run last year with their draft class. And this is, as of right now, the only pick that the Saints have until 91. San Francisco has their second-round pick. So I would love to see them kind of take an X-factor player. And I do think a Mike Gusecki, a flex tight end, would make sense. So I can see the value there, certainly. You know, nobody knows how to make the most out of these big athletic hybrids quite like this New Orleans offense, seeing what they did with Jimmy Graham when he was here. Um, so I'm not dismissing it. I, I, If I put out a, a mock right now, that would probably be, again, because you mentioned the, the value of the defensive ends. I don't know what value is going to coax them anywhere else. I think it's a, a fairly full roster that's ready to win right now, and they're not in a position to draft a quarterback of the future. So give them another toy. Why not? That's kind of how I feel about their pick at 27. Yeah. I hear you. I, 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 I think it would – I'm not going to say mistake because I think Hayden Hurst, Mike Kosicki, those will be good football players. But I just – I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's a realistic prediction just based on how they've valued drafting tight ends. And, you know, I, I, I see what you're saying, that they, they have a good roster. They're ready to compete. He could – you know, he's an X factor. But I think the chance to – really get another lockdown corner or impact player in the front seven would be what I would do if I were New Orleans. I got one more talking point for you, Kyle, and that is the keep pounding Carolina Panthers, and I would encourage you to pull up their depth chart if you don't have it up right now. Okay, let my this producer is a team, pull that up while you, you yeah, finish the Check it out. Tribe. Dude, this team has holes everywhere. They need wide receiver. They need a number two running back. They need a left guard. They need depth on at defensive end behind uh, – Mario Addison and Julius Peppers. Ryan, or Thomas Davis is retiring at the end of the season. He's going to miss the first four games of the season. But to me, the biggest need on this team is the secondary. And when I look at this secondary, oh my goodness, I think it's the least versatile secondary in the NFL. Their safeties, Colin Jones, Mike Adams, 37 years old. Denora Searcy is a box guy. James Bradbury had a good rookie year. He was down as a sophomore. And who's starting opposite him? Ross Cockrell? Probably. I I mean, what are we doing here, Kyle? In this day and age where these defenses or these offenses feature so many different targets, you know, big 
X receivers, you know, five, ten, four, three guys that could take the top off the defense. Slot guy or tight ends that are six five, two fifty that can stretch the seam and challenge middle of the field. They don't have guys in the secondary that's taken away anything. I think that's the biggest need for this Carolina Panthers team. Would love to see them get a guy like Justin Reed, Josh Jackson, something. But you see a team with a lot of needs that's still trying to stay relevant in the NFC. And I see no bigger need than getting the secondary right. Yeah, for me it's between defensive end and cornerback. If Josh Jackson's there, be a home run. Obviously, the you know Josh Jackson's got some other landmines he's got to get by for them him to get to twenty four for Carolina, uh, namely Seattle. I think would be a home run. Uh, Washington, I think, would be a good scheme fit for Josh Jackson, but it seems like they they have eyes elsewhere uh, with that first pick for them. So, uh, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. It's a shame that they're not going to get a chance to land a real. I mean. Could they possibly go Justin Reed? 24? I think they should. Colin Jones starting free safety. That's <laughs> bold strategy. Tavon Seymour starting corner. I mean, they got they got to replace half the secondary if we're, we're looking for an ideal outcome for them. Well, they got to start somewhere. Yeah. So I know having that extra third-round pick is going to help them. Uh, but... I, you know, they, they, when you look at this Panthers roster, I think they have a good quarterback. Their defensive tackles are pretty well set with Short, Poe, and Butler. After that, man, I see holes everywhere, and the NFC is suddenly very competitive. 49ers, Eagles, the Vikings. You know, the Saints are blooming right now. You got to think Tampa's going to get better. Aaron Rodgers come back to Green Bay. The Rams. I, I maybe I've already said them, but. Goodness gracious. I mean, they deserve to be said twice with the way that they're (laughs) picking up players. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if Carolina wants to stay in the mix, man, I I don't know what's going to happen between now and training camp, but uh, this roster leaves a lot to be desired, especially in terms of depth. It really does. Yeah, it's a great point, Joe. Hope you guys enjoyed all these points we made here on Draft Dudes today, but that is going to do it for us. I'd like to kindly invite you guys to hit the subscribe button on the podcast. We've only got a couple more shows. Joe, five more shows before we're together. Yes. And, and for the draft stream. So you guys have that to look forward to. And we'll make sure we really set the table here over the course of this next week and a half and uh, get you guys prepped for the 2018 NFL draft. Swing over to ndtscouting.com and fanragsports.com. Uh, keep up with our columns there. We're putting a ton of stuff up right now, uh, working on uh, – team primers for all 32 teams so that you know every free agent addition that they've made every free agent loss that they've incurred every trade 2019 expiring contracts what picks each team has it's going to really set the table for you to understand and see the big picture of what your team is looking to do throughout the course of the draft weekend so you can start reading some of those now over at netscouting.com if you're looking for some player specific content you're in luck Joe and I wrote 600 scouting reports on 300 players for the 2018 NFL Draft. You can purchase Joe's 2018 prospect portfolio and my 2018 NFL Draft prospectus for one price. $20 gets you both at netscouting.com. Click register. You can download both of those PDFs right there on the website and start digging in immediately. We really love for you to join us that is the labor of love that we've incurred over the last 10 months 
and we're really proud of the product that we put out and we feel like you'd be very happy if you chose to join us. So extending that invitation to each and every one of you. And we extend the invitation for you to be back on Monday when we are back here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Kyle Krabs, signing off for Joe Marino. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.